Hey everyone, you are listening to Vocalo Radio. I'm Jesse Menendez, my in-studio guest, all the way from one of my favorite places in the entire world, Alfred Banks from Louisiana, my man. Chalo, chalo. Riding around in this whip got me feeling the way. I hope there's nothing that could come take this feeling away. Yeah, I'm fresher than death. I see you at my wake. Took an hour to get dressed. Yes, and I'm set in my ways. Feeling super presidential, no doubt in my mind. Go Nixon on my wrist. I ain't bothered with time. I spent 200 on that. I'm very excited that I'm able to speak with an artist from. New Orleans from Louisiana because though I said it jokingly that it's one of my favorite cities in the world I really do mean that my wife is from Slidell, Louisiana indeed, she indeed. was born in in New Orleans so I'm there like six times a year that's right but you know what's crazy is I'm trying to envision what would have gotten you into music and there are just so many things happening in New Orleans if we're talking traditional you know second line music jazz obviously big band of course Bounce, of course, of course, of course, course. hip hop. You got Master P. You got you know Cash Money. There's just a long lineage of just amazing music course, that course, could have influenced you. So I'm wondering, growing up, what were the types of things that you were listening that were native to New Orleans? Well, as it pertains to New Orleans, you know the meters uh, that was big because like I grew up on like funk and R and B, uh, like soul music. I didn't really grow up on hip hop. I didn't start listening to hip hop to maybe like ugh, like eight or nine. Um, and my oldest brother, Landis, he um, was a rapper locally in the city, and he actually uh, garnered the attention of No Limit back in, like, 90, I think it was 8 or something like that. Um, they, my, my parents didn't let him sign, but um, so, like, the hip-hop thing kind of ran in my blood unknowingly, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, but growing up, man, you know, obviously cash money influenced me, bounce, you know what I'm saying, uh, DJ Jubilee, Tucker, and all those guys, PNC. Um, yeah, that's that's the history right there. I'm very, you know, and I've even, in some instances, I've met these guys, did show with, shows with these guys. So for me, it's cool to kind of have it come all the way back around. But that's kind of what I grew up on, like cash money and stuff like that. I feel like I'm alone. Got underdog on my back. And my brother all in my mind. The main reason I'm dressing all black. Now I think I'm hearing things. I may be turning schizophrenic. And my people say I'm tripping. But you know that stuff's genetic. Land of... Let's jump into the beautiful. You are incredibly introspective. This album, the beautiful. Thank you. I think exemplifies just how much thought goes into what you do, and it starts with a really pensive track, a really sad track to listen to when you start listening to the lyrics involved, because. I understand having to write this song is probably something you wish you didn't have to do. Yeah, yeah, I didn't want, I didn't want to write it. But, so yeah. the the song that I'm referring to, and you already referenced your brother Landis, the funeral of Orlandis Banks, and it starts at the service yeah, no where doubt. you're you're asked to say a few words. Yeah, no doubt. So first, I'll ask you, what made you want to put that very, I imagine, painful moment as the intro to this track, and also. Was it hard to think of what it is you would say to him? Yeah, man. Uh, the uh, the car ride from the funeral to the show. That's what that was based on. That was uh that was incredible because I had to actually leave his service early because I had a show that night. And so you know I didn't want to leave. But my mama told me it was cool. So I, and she was like, you know, he would want you to, and he would because dude was super supportive of my music. So I left. But I cried. I laughed. I cried. I laughed. And that car ride was just incredibly emotional. So and so later on, I was already writing this album. But I, like, scrapped the entire thing, and I just went back to the drawing board, and I was like, man, you know, I think I want the world to know who this dude was, because, you know, 
he didn't make a splash in the world in a, in the scheme of like being a, a personality or anything. But people got to know this dude was, you know, who he was. And so I just started like writing and writing it was really it, it, it was really easy. It just flowed. You know what I'm saying? I just recreate. I just went back in my mind, thought about everything that happened at the funeral. Everything I wrote in that song is what I thought about or what happened. I just kept it 100. You know what I'm saying? That's the one of the most autobiographical records I've ever, the closest thing I've ever written in my life. It was difficult. I played it for my mom. I remember uh, I was a young lady named 3D Nati down in New Orleans that I uh, did a show with. Uh, she's really popular. And I remember that day, 2015, is when I debuted the record because it took me about a year to write this this album. And so I debuted the record. Uh, my mom was in the crowds. The first time she'd ever heard it, my first time I ever performed it. And uh, I, I threw a picture of my brother up on the on the projector and I was like mama come down she came down and I performed the record and she just burst into tears the whole crowd was crying it was a moment and I didn't think I would actually be able to get through this record as many times as I performed it but I have and I'm proud of it man and like I know it's a very sad uh, intro to come out on but I just want to kind of set the tone for the album because like now we going there you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I always, um, I go there. I don't really hold anything back, and some, that's my gift and my curse. And I think what it also shows is, regardless of what's going on, <laughs> Alfred Banks perseveres. No doubt. As you that. mentioned, you had to leave this funeral, but I think it also serves as a metaphor. Unfortunately, for any of us who is going through a hardship, it's like regardless of what's happening in your life, life goes on. Yeah, man. The world does not continue to stop, and I think this is an instance where I think that's very apparent. Like here you are at your brother's funeral, but. Man, you got a show to do, I got to rap. I got to pay rent, man. And guess what? Right. If you don't do that show, that rent still has to get paid. Exactly. Enough to break down, but I got a show and prove for you, mom, and tonight, because I got a show to do. I got to go, but best believe I won't forget you. Though physically you are gone, you are with me forever. I love all of y'all. I got to run along. I dedicate a song in my monologues and all the love involved and all the Bury Me Beautifully featuring Mickey Facts. Indeed, indeed. Now here's a song where you talk about how you want to be remembered exactly. and how you're essentially saying, I'm here for a, a limited amount of time. I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure my name has some weight. What y'all can do for me when I'm gone exactly. is to make sure that I remember that's, that you bury me in, in a way. In a nutshell, that's literally. And uh, uh, man, that's one of my favorite records on the album, man. Like that beat is crazy. Um, and I... Uh, not not to to go off too much on the tangent, but my man Mickey, uh, he's a double XL freshman, and he uh, I, I just toured with him, and I was like, yo, we just did 15 shows together, let's get in the studio, and so I played the B for him, and I played him what I had, the original version of it. He was like, yo, this is like not hot. You're not doing this beat justice. You're not doing it justice. And I was like, damn. He's like, this beat don't need you, dog. Like, what you gonna add to it? Like, you gotta add to this. This joint is crazy. And I was like. Huh. So I scrapped it and I rewrote what I felt was just the dopest thing I could write to that beat. And when he heard it, he was like, yeah, there we go. There we go. And then he laced me with the verse. And um, expect that, that song is like has a double meaning in a sense, because at that point, Mickey, uh, Mickey, he has a uh, fame because he had a moment where he went on tour with Lupe Fiasco. And when he got on tour with Lupe, he only had four dollars and 14 cents in his bank account. And uh, so he was going through this like, man, I'm going to quit. I don't want to do this anymore. So it's kind of like, what's my legacy going to be? And so I felt like this song would be perfect for him. This is around that time. And he gave me 
a great verse because he does a lot of features and those features are more like hey, yo i'm the hottest rap and here's why but this is one of the few where he really went in he gave me some some personal stuff that he hasn't even said on other songs you know so i'm so man that record is crazy and when i listen to it i'm like uh going back to where i was at the time thinking about my brother i was like man i really hope that you know whenever i go away people still remember me you know what i mean So again, going back to just how authentic I feel like you're being with your audience on this album. Thank you. There's some songs where, <clears throat> you know, you have to ask, you've gone through this extremely traumatic situation with your brother and it feels like you're still working them out on these songs. No doubt. Do you get to a point where the song is written and you exercise them demons, or do you feel like this is something that you still live with on a day-to-day? -day? For example, let's take The Darkest Days, gotcha, one of gotcha. them songs, where you're really telling us, like, man, sometimes I just don't feel good. Yeah, man. That, that's a part of the album where I start to, because in the album, I develop schizophrenia, and I battle it. And so that's the part of the record where I'm starting to contemplate, should I go the same route my brother went? You know what I mean? Um... That song is like a double entendre, too, because, you know, I have, uh, you know, um, I think we all, all humans have like mental issues and some stress, PTSD, Absolutely. even if it's the most minute. So um, I go through my bad days. You know what I'm saying? Like, to be honest, the last couple of days haven't been great for me. But, you know, getting here, smelling the fresh, very cold air of Chicago, it's kind of put me in a good mood. Um, and so that song is, you know, it's kind of like a. I feel like it's a very it's it's very specific, but it can be seen in a very general. Uh, we all go through those days. We just not feeling it, man. And we, you know, sometimes we just don't want to be around. You know what I mean? But it, it takes that moment to, cause the very next song, I fight through it, and we get through where we need to go. You know what I'm saying? So I know a lot of people go through that. You know what I'm saying? Like they, you know, maybe they have someone that went through a dark path and maybe didn't make it out, and they think, man, I'm kind of was in the same vibe. Am I gonna end up that way? You know what I mean? And that's a real important question to ask yourself. And if you feel like, yes, change it. Do something mm -hmm. about it. And that's kind of what I, I do on the very next record, Shining Stars. I want to get to Shining Stars because I really appreciate how you flipped the script on what this message is on this track. For the album, and it certainly <coughs> sounds like for you, this is one of them tracks where you're like, you know, I think to a certain extent we all deal with something. We can't really compare with one another because the gravity of whatever that is is different based on us. But here you're turning that all around and you're essentially talking about the things that make you smile, the things that you look forward to, exactly. the things that make you realize that there might be a light at the end of the tunnel. Here it happens to be a child. Exactly. So like um, that song is, is weird because the way you just viewed it is the second part of it. The first part, that's actually the suicide letter. That's like me talking to everybody like, yo, I'm about to leave. But towards the end of the record, I just start to realize, like, nah. And then that skit right after it, it kind of explains, like, I'm fighting it. You know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah, you're right. Um, the first verse is uh, is about me. It's more uh, being like, man, look at all the stuff I did before, I, you know, before my untimely demise type of thing. Look what I accomplished. Man, I worked hard. People used to tell me, no, you couldn't do it. Look what I did. The second verse is about my nephew, my brother before he passed. He left a son, um, uh, Samuel. Yeah, that's my little man right there. Um, 
And so I'm telling him, like, yo, you know, I wanted to be around to kind of teach you things. I probably won't be, but I just want you to know your dad was a great guy. I, I wanted to be the great uncle for you type of deal, you know? And then the third verse is about my fa- the rest of my family, uh, my girlfriend, my, my homeboy, Caesar, who's my best friend, uh, my mom, uh, my DJ, uh, everybody. You know what I'm saying? Just being like, yo, I love y'all. It's all, you know what I'm saying? I love y'all, and I'll see y'all when I see y'all type of deal. But towards the end of the record, I'm just like, man, I can't do this, man. This is not really the energy I need right now. Everything that I just mentioned in this record is why I should stick around. So, yeah, you're right, man. And I feel like that song needed to happen to kind of bring it bring it all the way back around. You know what I mean? I was the illest in my state, man. And they threw a hell of shade, but I ain't tripped because they was great fans. And I just hope they stay fans because any contention's a good kind. And if they keep filling my head up, I'm pretty much thinking I would fly. Marcel told me be ready to pull my sleeves up. And if they hate, that mean you great, but never, ever ease up. Considering your brother and what he was dealing with and how you didn't even know the severity of it because he wouldn't mention it, right? Because there are still taboos associated oh, with course, discussing them types of, of things, especially in communities of color. Oh, of course, of course. Do you yourself try to unpack like whatever you may be feeling and try to understand it a little more, maybe even talk to folks about yeah, it? Yeah, man, that's very important to do. And I'm noticing it more and more and more uh, the older I get. Um, I feel like, first of all, people of color, our entire existence is built off of PTSD. So that's the first thing we have to figure out. Like, you know, um, just something as small as when people say, um, yeah, I was about to do that, but I flashed back to when my mama punched me in my face and I didn't do it. Whether that's good or not, that's PTSD, fam. Like, and that's not a good thing. Like, you know what I mean? For me personally, I try to, you know, doing the research that I have on mental health, like trying to, you know, figure out what I'm going through and try to figure out what's the best way to, to deal with those things. And to also know how to not deal with it, but how to approach situations when I meet someone that's going through something. I can't solve every problem, but I can hopefully point you in the direction or just give you some encouraging words or whatever the case. Um, and I take that very serious man like since i put this record out man like i put out a couple things when i put this record out i have never had this type of outpour of support we charted on billboard uh, we charted on itunes like people were buying this record left and right and people sharing stories with me just just the most beautiful things i've ever read and seen in my life and i want to be able to talk to these people i don't want to Thank you. And just kind of move on. I want to be able to talk in depth with these people. So I have to kind of know what I'm talking about. And the reason why I love Chicago so much, man, um, her name is Jessica. A lady drove from Chicago to come see me perform in New Orleans. It's amazing. That's a 14 hour drive. You she didn't know you were coming back here. She could have saved herself some time. Exactly. I told her every time I come new, new, uh, to Chicago, you're free. Just come on in. Yeah, she, she drove. And the reason why she drove is because uh, I put out an EP before this project called A Beautiful Prelude, which kind of leads up to this project. And uh, she has an older son who um, is, uh, he's schizophrenic as well. He's in a, a, an asylum, actual, actually an asylum. Uh, asylum. So um, she v- would visit him and play him a song I have called March 20, 2014, which is the day he passed away. Um, so that song kind of recaps that entire day. Um, and every time she goes to visit her son, he always asks, can you play that song? Can you play that song? And she start, she just felt that, that connection. So she drove all the way down. And her youngest son wrote a letter to his older brother being like, why aren't you around anymore? I miss you type of deal. She gave me a copy of the letter, man. And it was like, wow, there's not a lyric. I, you know what I mean? There's no lyrical, spiritual, nothing I could do that could ever match that moment. So even now, like my next project won't be as deep. It'll be a little bit more lighter. I still care about this and I still want to help people. So all that being said, yes, I'd like to, to figure out what I'm going through and figure out more about it so I can talk to these people and let them know maybe that, you know, there's a brighter day type of deal. You know? That's real, man. 
So, so if you think about all of the things that you share, all of the moments on this album, what does the beautiful mean to you? That no matter what you're going through, you can get through it. That's pretty much was the idea of the record. You know what I mean? Um, no matter what craziness is going on in your life, something beautiful can come from it. That's why I named it The Beautiful. We all go through issues in life because um, we're all human, and that's pretty normal to go through something. But at the end of the day, man, if you keep your head up, you keep pushing. I know that sounds so default, but, like, it's so real. Like, if you keep pushing. I'm a walking example of that. I, mean, I used to be homeless. You know what I'm saying? I was broke. Like, the works. You know what I'm saying? Nobody knew who I was. Like, whatever. And I was able to just work. And I never had a budget. I never had a investor. I never had, like, a famous friend. I just rapped a lot. And I rapped everywhere I possibly could. And I worked and I chipped at that brick wall. It's still a big piece of that wall there. But we're chipping at it every single day. And that's life. Whether you, Whatever you do, man, whether it's art, music, you're just a garbage person. It's really cold outside and you don't want to go outside. Chip at that wall. Go do it. And that's what the beautiful means to me. You know what I'm saying? Um, no matter what's going on, you can persevere. Welcome to Chicago, Alfred Banks. Thank hey. you very much for making time. No doubt, man. Much love.